We're so glad you found us here at the Leadership After Hours podcast. If you're finding value in this content, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're on. This allows us to spread the modern leadership revolution. Plus, you don't want to miss out on a single weekly episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Leadership After Hours podcast. Real talk with real leaders committed to creating better companies and a better world. Presented by Stronger Leaders, Stronger Profits with your host, Sean Patton. All right. Well, welcome to Leadership After Hours podcast. I'm very excited to have a friend of mine, Jessica Stolings Holder, who is a national trainer, author, speaker, and coach, and especially around multi-generational communications. And so I met I met Jessica because we were we actually got hired by the same client. Yes, isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, it was. Should awesome. we do a shout out to Ashley? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah, Thank Ashley, you, Ashley Lee. Yes, you are awesome. She's awesome with the state of Tennessee yeah. state government, yeah. and uh, so we thought we should meet beforehand. I had an awesome lunch, yeah. really connected. Got your book. Read your book, loved it, and so I said we got to get you on the podcast. So welcome. Hey, thank you. So glad to be here. Yeah, when we connected, it was immediate. It was it was good. So yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled to have this formal discussion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, right after that, like I said, I got I ordered your book right after our lunch and and read through it. And I guess, and maybe not everyone's like this, but being in maybe the leadership space or being in leadership in other areas for so long. I was kind of like, eh, I kind of understand this. Like, I get yeah, it. You know, yeah. people are different or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I learned so much from the book. Hey, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's an area that so many people are like, what? This is a thing. Or, are, you know, are you stereotyping me based on my age? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of barriers to the topic. But with the right mindset and understanding, once we dig in, it begins to make so much sense. Mm-hmm. So even when we talk about generations, I tell you, Sean, like if you social media, the news, if you turn it on, the topic is taken so grossly out of context. So part of my passion is helping kind of reframe and rethink about this conversation and how we can have it in ways that are going to be honorable to all generations, because we're in the middle of a significant generational shift. And right now, more than ever, we need to have all perspectives coming together at the table to help us as we prepare for the future. Yeah. So let's jump right into that. So yeah, why yeah. are we in the middle of a huge generational shift? Yeah. Oh, can we geek out just a minute? That's okay. Totally, I'm so it. sorry, but here we go. <laughs> Have you ever heard of generational theory? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, generally, okay. yeah. Generally, yeah. So uh, you should see me at parties. I'm a ton of fun. Like <laughs> generational theory, anyone? But at its simplest form, it states that generations kind of get in these same four cycles that keep repeating themselves. It gives us a lens to look back on history mm-hmm. and to anticipate what may be coming. So it, it kind of says that each generation overcompensates from perceived lacks when they were growing up. And that kind of gets us into the cycles. So for example, if you have a really optimistic generation, I mean, the sky is the limit. If they were the Lego movie, everything is awesome generation. Then, I mean, what kind of personality do you think we see next in the generation following? Mm -hmm. Everything is awesome. Yeah. Like a little back to reality, right? Yeah. Everything is not awesome, awesome, right? It's not awesome. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Skeptical, independent generation rise. Then we see a really peacemaking, harmonizing generation come into the scene who can reconcile that life is both beautiful and broken. Mm -hmm. And with that foundation of peace, typically we see a generation of builders. They're creators. There are many makers. Mm -hmm. And they go and they build and do great things. And then guess what happens? The cycle repeats, right? Look what we (laughs) built. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) I've seen better. Come on. Can't we all get along? Yes. And with that, let's go do great things. Mm -hmm. So 
To your question, Sean, what is fascinating about where we're sitting right now at this point in history, we're at the end of a full generational cycle. It is highly significant. It's known as a fourth turning, also called a crisis cycle. It's a time period in history where a significant event and or series of events come in and rips us apart at the seams, right? Mm -hmm. It's a total reorganization of society. It's a total reorganization of the way that we work, communicate with one another, Mm -hmm. and we're seeing signs of it everywhere. But it is also a time where many of our established leaders are entering their more senior years, Mm -hmm. and our emerging leaders are starting to rise into positions of leadership in significant mass. And as you can imagine, new ideas, new thoughts of how things could work, questioning things. And so what's happening is those those ideas are coming together and causing some clashing and tension. Mm -hmm. So the cool part of the story is I believe that tension, if we will lean into it together, can help drive innovation. Mm. So just like if we think about seasons, fourth turning is the winter. It's cold, it's dark, it's tough. But what comes after winter? Yeah, spring, right? Spring. Yeah. Spring is coming, and, and it's coming hopefully around, according to the theory, roughly like 20, 28, 2030-ish. Okay. Uh, so we got some more hard times coming. <laughs> But every time throughout U.S. history, we've come out better and stronger for all. So the question I think we have the opportunity to ask is, what are we going to build? How can it be better? And how can we do it together? And therein lies my passion. Right. Yeah. yeah. Beautifully stated. Yeah. As soon as you start describing, I'm like, man, I've heard of this. I'm like, oh yeah, in the book, right? And then the fourth time, <laughs> really, that was that was one concept I'd never heard of. Was yeah. this 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 how that sort of replicated itself over time, yeah. and and why this natural cycle happens? So I think that is that is so interesting and. I think to set the premise for the rest of the conversation, so on the same page, why don't we, if you want to really quickly, you know, maybe start with, you know, I guess traditionalists, right? And then kind of describe what, when we speak about them, just so we can reference, you know, right? Like each one and people have have a context Uh, for it. I appreciate that. And could I even take one step back further to say, like, what do we even mean when we say generations? Yes, please. Because I am telling you, without the right context, this can do, this conversation could have a lot of damage, right? So we want to steward it. So when we look at generations, we're looking at the social and cultural influences that impact a group of people as they're coming of age. Mm. So this is similar to, but different than life stage, which Mm. is going to ebb and flow and shift change as we go throughout the different right. decades of our life. And that is a really good thing, Sean. That's a sign of growth and development that our priorities and responsibilities are going to shift. But what we found about generations, so social and cultural influences, is that they're enduring and they follow us throughout all of the different decades of our life. And that's why they're so important to understand. So for example, someone who grew up in the Great Depression time period where slogans like waste not. Yeah. Do you uh, remember? You want not. Want not. Uh, there yeah, you go. Exactly. I knew you had it. Yep. Save for a what? Remember the save for a rainy rainy day, day, very traditionalist, right? It's no wonder that a value of financial prudence and stewardship follows that generation all throughout their life cycle. So I want to be clear, this topic is not about stereotyping or putting anyone in a very small box that if you're this generation, you have these 3.5 qualities, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, not at all. It's about seeking to understand. And it's kind of like trees in a forest. So we know every tree is different and unique. And they grew up in similar soil with similar exposure to sunlight and rainfall. Mm-hmm. So we can pull away some big ideas about those trees. And so as we talk about generations today, we want to think about it as a lens, not a label, to better mm-hmm. understand, by the way, ourselves as well, and those that we lead and interact with. I was just going to say that I think one of my biggest takeaways from from your book 
was exactly that, right? That kind of seeing myself through that lens gave me some clarity. And also, you know, I think I'm one who likes to right push growth and think that I'm getting better and also have this, well, I, I have my own agency, right? I'm in control of where I'm headed. Yeah. No one's going to label yeah. me, right? I'm going to do my own thing, all that. And then when I thought through some of what was in the book and where I you know fit in into that, I started being like, oh, maybe there's there's a different lens that I'm seeing the world through based on what I went through. And, and there was some additional clarity understanding about, again, my sort of values and views. And I think that helped me appreciate other people's, even people in my same generation and help me understand better. So yeah, I think that that self-clarity that yeah. can come from understanding the soil that we grew up in yeah. is so powerful. Yeah. It's like, think about it. You know, I'm sure you've talked a lot and studied a lot about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. This is generational IQ or EQ, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. understanding our own generational tendencies and others and reacting and, and responding in a positive way. By the way, it's a good news story that we all have a unique and distinct strength to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So, and we want to look at what we have in common. So when we study generations, we actually look back to lead forward. So we look at your formative years, Sean, mm-hmm. uh, what's happening in the world? What were the economics of the day? What did you do for fun? What did you listen to and on what device? And so yeah. actually I, I heard a quote once that if you want to get to know the heartbeat of a generation, listen to their music. So I've yeah. just got to ask, what were your tunes? Growing <laughs> up? It's fun. So speaking in general, just not, not to get off topic, but about what people music, what music people yeah. like now and they used to oh, like growing yes, up yeah. and why people yeah. like certain music is like a topic I actually am like obsessed with. So it's interesting <laughs> you bring this up. This is, com- this is like, this is yeah. one of my cocktail conversations yes. at parties. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So when, so I grew up right in basically right when the grunge was coming in, like early nineties oh, yes. yeah. to like mid nineties. Uh-huh. And so for me, it was honestly a lot of like industrial rock grunge, yeah. you know, I, was, I told you I was raged. I was raised on rage, ra- oh, rage yeah. against the machine. Oh yes, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, corn, obviously Nirvana, like stuff yeah. like that. Like so that that yeah. is that's what I was. I was sort of raised on that. And the funny part for me is I've noticed I'm not I'm not the type of person who still goes back and listens to like the same thing I yeah. listen to my formative years, like some people. But I've noticed that as I've talked to some people that have like you know, yourself and other people have experience in in that field that the sounds and the intent of it like the 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 emotion of the music that i like now even if it's brand new it's actually kind of similar that's fascinating yeah Mm -hmm. and and when you do and you go back and listen to some of the songs the tunes the messages Mm -hmm. often they're reflective of Mm -hmm. the era and the the mood right Mm -hmm. of the world of of the nation at the time they were written Mm -hmm. so it's so interesting too. I'm really big on experiential learning. I hope we can talk a little bit about yeah. adult learning, but really trying to get people engaged in the learning. So sometimes before events, we'll have them submit their favorite song from childhood. And we oh, put wow. together a Spotify playlist and it's fun. Everyone's enjoying it. It's a good takeaway as well. But I can kind of get a good feel about the audience based on the songs. <laughs> and so the trend song mm. recently, which shows me we've had a generational shift is Bye Bye Bye, Backstreet Boys, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, all right, we have had a generational shift in the workforce. So mm-hmm. it's it's no doubt every group I go to. So it's it's a lot of fun when we can think back and remember and the stories and experiences and how we've shaped the world. So when we look at these generational trends, we're, and I'll pop through some of the defining mm-hmm. moments, but also kind of the, the cultural shifts, the technology mm-hmm. shifts, that each generation has kind of grown up in a totally different world. And that can make miscommunication and misunderstanding 
easy and common. And and part of this discussion is that not one way is right or wrong. They're just different. It makes right. sense when we take time to understand. Mm-hmm. So with that context, should we popcorn through real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. All right. So start, start so from the beginning. I'm going to start with, and, and let's look kind of at the current generational makeup okay. of the workforce. So we're going to have primarily boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Zers. Mm-hmm. And, and millennials are the largest segment of the United States workforce. And Gen Z is coming in, expected to be larger and coming into the beat of a very different drum. Yeah. And so with boomers, I think these are roughly 60 to 70 year olds. They okay. experience, man, so many things. Vietnam, Kennedy assassinations, man yeah. on the moon, civil rights, movement, civil rights movement, feminist yeah. movement, hippie mm-hmm. movement, lots of movements. So make yeah. love, not war. Mm-hmm. Very hardworking generation in terms of often sacrifices linked with success, because at their peak, they were 80 million strong, which is phenomenal when you consider that to get a job or a position of leadership. They kind of had to prove that they were the one, right, Mm -hmm. for the job. So often for our boomer friends, hard work is associated with time and place that they would, if work started at eight, like they're cranking by eight, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes an associated guilt for leaving it, whatever your close of business times are. This issue of work ethic or hard work, I believe, is one of the most common points of tension across generations, because I'll have one generation saying, man, we work hard, but they don't. (laughs) So even when we dissect that, for boomers, it is often associated with time and place based on their coming of age experience in the workforce. Mm -hmm. For emerging generations, it has nothing to do right with time and everything to do with results or outcome. Right. So we could get it done and work hard in two minutes, two days, two years, Mm -hmm. but hard work has this outcome. So one is again, not right or wrong, just different. So one of the big pieces of takeaways I hope from our podcast today is that it's so critical that we create shared pools of meaning across generations Mm -hmm. because some of the words and phrases that we're using have totally different meaning across generations. So, so yeah. boomers, awesome yeah. generation. I mean, yeah. think about it, send a man to the moon without the technology we have today and organized yeah. a civil rights movement without a hashtag, yep. which is pretty darn impressive. Coming after them is such a funky and fun, I believe your generation, mm-hmm. Sean, Gen yeah. X, right? Are yeah. you right on the cusp? I'm on the, I'm, I'm, on the cusp? I'm, I'm the okay. middle of the, the, the Gen, X and millennial. X and millennial. Okay, yeah, 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 me too. So okay. that's called a cusper, by the way, if yeah. you're in the middle and you want to just look at what was happening, how do you identify? This is an area of social science. So it's it's squishy, right? We mm-hmm. just want to see what do we resonate with and how might that influence yeah. us. It's been interesting because I have, yeah, I mean, yeah. in general, but then also, and as I read your book, I really felt that. Yeah. You know, I felt that yeah. that Z values in a lot of ways, but I also saw the millennial yeah. stuff. And so, yeah, it's really interesting. So, yeah, so yeah. the biggest difference, you know, and shift there as we move into Gen, Gen Z was... Yeah. Well, so Gen X, Gen right? X coming after boomers. You're right. Well, and, and by X the way, X. back to the cusper discussion is people in the middle often make excellent bridgers because oh, we kind of understand, yeah. especially us being exennials, the yeah. Oregon Trail generation, lots yeah. of different names to describe this, this generational, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, we understand the world pre and post technology. Yeah. We understand the boomers perspective, millennials. So it, we make great bridgers. So it's a strategy for companies to think about yeah. those who are kind of in the middle, but Xers are roughly 40-ish to 50s, mm-hmm. right? And make up 51% of global leaders, but we don't hear a lot about them. I mean, think yeah, about it. Yeah, surprisingly, you really don't. Yeah, that's a good point. It, yeah. They're a much smaller generation demographically, but gosh, from Challenger Disaster, Operation Desert Storm, International Space Station, technology, mm-hmm. went through a lot. But this generation came into the workforce and started asking a question called, 
why, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Why are we working in a physical building? Why are we starting at eight? Why are we wearing suits? And so that mm -hmm. was influenced so much by their upbringing. I mean, they saw a lot of things fail, Sean. Scandals in the government, scandals mm -hmm. in mega churches, both mom and dad now entering the workforce mm -hmm. and getting hit by the layoffs of the early 80s. And maybe mm -hmm. they missed their soccer game or ballet recital, and then the company just let them go. Another mm -hmm. major institution crumbled called marriage. So as mm -hmm. Gen X was coming of age, divorce rates tripled. Mm -hmm. So many of them went home alone or to after school programs. Yep. They're called the latchkey latch kids. Yep. That was one of those for sure. Yep. Familiar. So that plays into their leadership style and that they're often more hands off, right? Like mm -hmm. they want to be a part of the team and they have great vision and they typically like to work alone. And so mm -hmm. I bring all this up to say we're getting ready to know millennials who are more of a relational generation. Mm -hmm. So we start to see potential collision of many think Gen X doesn't care or they're hands off. And actually, it, it means they do care because they're trusting you, which trust is a big deal mm -hmm. for Xers to have to go do your job. Mm -hmm. So really, again, understanding how are we going to work together is really critical, especially between Xers and millennials, because they have these different preferences. Mm -hmm. The other thing to think about with Xers right now, the pandemic impacted every generation, but they're what's called the sandwich generation, means they're sitting in between boomers and millennials, and they're caring in large part for some of their aging parents and their kids which puts tons of emotional, financial pressure on them. So how can we help ease the squeeze? During COVID, it gave us all time to pause, but Xers are in the life stage where they're thinking, hmm, when it comes to my career legacy, is this where I want to stay and mm -hmm. kind of finish the journey? So really right. talking about legacy is important for this generation. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And you know, as, as that cusper that you talked about, because when people just kind of, and we'll get ready to here, describe millennials, right? Yeah. You know, one of the things is, you know, they grew up with the internet or whatever, like that, that yeah. sort of thought process is where, yeah, there, there, you always hear people kind of, I mean, around our age or older talk about, well, you know, I'd show, you know, go outside, play till yeah. the sun comes down, right? Street, let's oh, come yeah. on, come yeah. home. And, yeah. and, and, and I grew up, you know, it's funny, yeah. you, you start naming those things. And yeah. I think back, it's like, yeah, I was raised by a single mom, yeah. right? So she worked. So I came home. I yeah. had the key to the apartment. You know, yes. I, had, I went out and played yeah. my friends, but yeah. my homework had to be done. And yeah. I had instructions about how to start yeah. the preheat the oven yes. so, the, yeah. so the pizza was ready Very when she capable. got home. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. just like all that stuff. And then, and yeah. then I do, as I yeah. work with some younger folks, sometimes I, I found as an entrepreneur now for eight years that yeah. I've had to be more involved and yeah. more and build that because. I, my my whole thing, like for me, is yeah. just tell me what you need. You know, talk yes. about outcomes we need, and yeah. then just leave me the hell alone, yeah. and I'll finish it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I'm an adult. You don't have yes. to. Be, you don't have to look over my shoulder. Right. Um, but but my opinion is, you don't have to look over my shoulder as yeah. you know to go to that millennial. Some of the younger uh, yes. people I've worked with, it's like. Why don't you care? Why, Why aren't you here care? with me? You know, yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's a critical thing, epiphany moment, because <laughs> that is a common misunderstanding that Gen Xers are known like, gosh, they don't care. They're, you know, they're distracted. I mean, they're dis disconnected from the yeah. team and then they're seeing millennials as needy. And so again, mm -hmm. not not right or wrong, just different. So how are we as a team going to work together? What do you need mm -hmm. in me as your leader? And how, you know, here's my style and what is going to be our style. Right. And, and that's critical discussions to have. Right. So as we move into that millennials, what, what are sort of the defining characteristics of that generation? Yeah. Think? So millennials were looking at uh, roughly 30-ish to 40s, early 40s. So I fall right in the millennial generation. So one 
quick pull out is we are not spring chickens anymore, right? Yeah. We're in our forties now. And <laughs> yep. so if we're still trying to figure out how to understand and reach millennials, I mean, we, we've been talking about millennials for about 15 years. So yeah. it, millennials largest segment of the workforce and, and gosh, they have, before we go into defining moments, I think we need just to pause and say millennials have, have been kind of had a tough time out there, right? Mm -hmm. Because this topic is not new, by the way. Generational conflict has existed forever, forever, (laughs) right? As each new generation rises, they're going to have new ideas that are going to clash with their elders' perspective. And that, again, that friction can drive innovation if if we lean into it. But what we've noticed is now we have a name and a language for generations as an area of cultural competency. And we have Mm -hmm. social media and, and TikTok and all kinds of things to kind of put out what we think about them. And so mm. you can look back at Time Magazine and what they said about Xers and boomers. It's it's not pretty. It's like every new generation kind of gets the brunt of the blow, right? Yeah. But millennials have got gotten it in mass. And, and I would say that that's done a lot of damage. Mm. And a lot of the work that I've done is repairing and helping millennials as they rise in leadership is that Oh gosh, I'm a I've got the label millennial in the workforce and before I even walk in the door there's all these assumptions about who I am and how I work. So how mm-hmm. do I even overcome that barrier? So right. I think it's really important that we take a step back and and again reframe to say these are just things to understand our perspective. So millennials columbine, right? For mm-hmm. for for your generation mm-hmm. and th- those before it was missing kids on milk carton. Mm-hmm. For millennials it's been missing kids next to them, you know, in the classroom, in the movie theater, in the mm-hmm. mall, the rise of mass shootings, 9/11, probably the most defining moment of the mm-hmm. millennial generation. Y2K, who Thank goodness we made it through right. that, right? The rise of technology, now social that, media. That kind of a boom, the the tech boom of like the yeah. late 90s, was that, you say, more impacting millennials? Because was that too early for them? Or so that... the younger Gen X mm. kind of helped lead the tech boom, right? Mm-hmm. And then millennials, this technology piece is a huge, huge, huge part of their life. And just like when we got electricity and we used it, millennials got technology and they use it really well and, yeah. and, and use it to work smarter, not necessarily harder. And I'm so impressed by this generation. It's like they can do things in half the amount of time, especially the younger ones than me, than I could do. And and it's really, really phenomenal. I love this generation is highly passionate. They're very purpose and cause oriented. So cause oriented brands have, have done really well with millennials. So it's important for your company to talk about you know, here's what we do, here's the difference we make, and here's how you can be a part of that and help. Mm-hmm. So like Tom's shoes is a good example. By doing this, you're helping that. Warby Parker glasses, right. all good examples. So for millennials, kind of two pullouts is definitely technology that has clearly impacted how they engage and engage content and how they interact with one another. The second is safety. From growing up in this mass shooting culture to mm-hmm. post or 9-11 and post 9-11 world to even just how car seats are now and playgrounds, right? There's a size and a spec. So this generation is very aware and safety conscious. And so even during the pandemic time period, you know, all the headlines are like, oh, you know, when it was the shelter in place, all the headlines are like those millennials out partying on the beach. Well, guess who was not out partying on the beach? Yeah, The millennials. Millennials. (laughs) They actually took of all the generations, the shelter in place the most seriously. And we're trying to rein in their boomer parents. Mm -hmm. It was Gen Z out kind of doing that. So with millennials, really understanding them, the pandemic overlay is that 
For younger millennials, economically, it's been tough. I mean, think about it. The Great Recession, there was a time period, Sean, where one and two were either unemployed or underemployed. Mm-hmm. And, and when you start out your career behind financially, it is really hard to catch up. And just as they're getting in the flow, COVID happens. Right. And so this generation has delayed a lot of the traditional rites of passage, like mm-hmm. marriage, family, home ownership. They're highly educated, highly di- diverse, and want to make a difference. So when you're looking to engage this generation purpose, cause, relational, doing things together, really keeping their network together, and also now the message of stability because of the impact of COVID-19. Right. Yeah, I think that all resonates so well. Well, and... So we're obviously going to take a break because we are yeah. not, we are far from okay. done. So we'll take a break here and pause for kind of episode one and yeah. and get into episode two because I will say that, you know, maybe because of my age, but of all the things I learned from your content, talking with you in your book, what I learned about Gen Z, I think, was the most enlightening. So yes. I'm really looking forward to having okay. that to having that conversation yeah. at the beginning of the next episode. So I this has been wait. awesome. Let's okay. Keep... <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Leadership After Hours podcast. If you haven't already... Join us in the modern leadership revolution by hitting the subscribe button and giving us a review on whatever platform you listen to or watch the Leadership After Hours podcast. For a better tomorrow, create a new leader today.